0: This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Sydney Marathon presented by ASICS. Join them this September in their bid to become an Abbott World Marathon Major. Be a part of history at sydneymarathon.com.
1: go we're on episode number three no not 300 yet 295 and uh it's a special episode tonight because we have a great friend of ours joining us all the way from europe but firstly i'm going to introduce someone to the podcast who doesn't get a lot of introductions lately because he is the introducer but this man's an icon of australian distance running he's known across every state Males and females, juniors, veterans, everyone knows this man. He was once a rival of the great Ron Clark. He cooked a barbie at Deke's house one afternoon, highlight of his running career so far. His Best mates with the former Australian 10,000 metre record holder. Australian champs, bronze medalist, a building block of the successful Australian swimming program. The cause of the demise of the altitude house program at the AIS, Very strong performances off the track, especially his last one, Swooning Viv, producing attractive offspring, Collis and Lily. More recently referred to as the human metronome, the first contract that Gold Coast writes up every year goes to Brad Croker, pacing gig, females. He once held the Inside Running podcast 10K Half Marathon and Marathon Records all at the same time. He's the asker of shit questions and the king of the Sunday morning long run. Welcome, Brad Croker.
2: Thanks, Moose. That's very, uh, very kind of you. You'll have to um, host more often.
1: Well, it's a bit sad you don't get your own call-outs. Brady, he never gets one, does he? He always has to do the introducing.
2: Yeah, it's very true. And but, um, um, Sorry, go on. I oh, just appreciate you stepping up uh, hosting this week because I'm um,
1: yeah, a bit under the weather which yeah. is not,
2: uh, not good because it's, um, it's grand final week for me, Gold Coast Marathon pacing.
1: Yeah, this is your big dance for the year, this one. This is playoff season. Yeah, it is. But that being said,
2: Moose, our, um, our guest host, he will uh, bring plenty of energy to make, to make up for my lack of
1: energy. Oh, yeah. This man loves the attention. <laughs> this man loves the microphone too, a camera even more. He's been referred to as Jakob's actual coach hiding in the shadows. Sondre Moen's agent and best man at his wedding, the founder of Double Threshold Days, the Norwegian Joe Hashem, the largest following of Strava followers that Strava has ever seen. He dates Scandinavian supermodels, spends winters in Spain, summers in Greece. He gets super shoes hand delivered before any of the other peasants, has been coached by the top two marathon coaches in the world. But he traded all in for a 219 marathon. Christian Uriksen.
3: Thanks, Moose. It was uh, a good, warm welcome. I think the only thing that was
4: spot on was the Josh Hashem uh, (laughs) trade over. I take that.
3: The world champion of poker, that's a big one. So the Aussies, uh, hopefully, they are proud.
1: So you, uh, you used to play poker. You know Joe Hashem. You were friends with him, were you?
3: Uh, Not friends, but I played a lot with him. He was big online back in the days also. But after winning the world championship, uh, it was like when you uh, ran 214. It was not much connection after that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he moved into the limelight then, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he, he moved up, took the elevator to the top floor like you did.
1: You ever beat him at poker?
3: Yeah, yeah, you know when you play cash game, you beat people all the time. But uh, in the tournament circle, and when I played a lot with him, I was not old enough to go to Las Vegas. So the world, ch- I have actually never been in Vegas. So never been to the world championship. But Hashim is, uh, yeah, he's still a legend about about poker players, and I still. Oh, Chris, I went well.
1: on Christian. Fuck, <laughs> mate, you can probably staying at some five-star hotel in bloody the Greek Islands somewhere. You can't even buy the Wi-Fi they're selling him. He'll come back.
3: Did you but, disconnect?
1: No, you, you d- disconnected. You disconnected.
3: Oh, I didn't. Okay, I can move closer. I have 5G here. It should be on 5.
1: Well, yeah, don't be afraid to spend some money on the Wi-Fi, mate.
3: You know, Wi-Fi in Greece, no good. You use just the 5G. It's way better.
1: So where are you at now? You're in the Greek islands or something?
3: Yeah, traveled yesterday on the Sunday. Came down to this beach, to this yeah, to this island island of Greece. Rhodes, I think is the English word. So, family trip, 19 people together. Oh yeah.
1: 19 people.
3: 19 Norwegian people. Big Jeez. family stuff.
1: Jesus, that's like what? How many brothers and sisters do you have?
3: <laughs> Actually, only one brother. He has three kids. So it's them. They are five. My parents so seven. Me and my girlfriends so nine. And then it's like the same kind of system for our uncle and, yeah, his sons and their kids. All the kids are the same age. And four or five pools, some tennis courts. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff for kids here.
1: Yeah, a real rich family, are you?
3: No, no, no. This is no. I mean, all people in Norway, they can go to Greece for holiday. You just, yeah, you put on the plane and then you travel down, it's easy, connection, everything, yeah. You take the taxi and you're inside a big hotel. It's fine.
1: Croats doesn't sound like they um, work too much up in Norway. No, he's got, got a pretty good life. <laughs> it must be a real cruisy spot, like decide if they want to go to Greece or Spain or...
2: Well, I guess he- when you're doing online poker, you can work anywhere.
1: It's true. He works at the middle of the night. Some would say his best work is done after midnight. Christian.
3: um, Yeah, I'm I'm better after midnight than before. That's for sure. We're better playing poker than we are running, especially at the moment.
2: So Christian, a lot of our, I guess, non-Patreon listeners haven't heard from you for a while. Um, What's been happening? Like, how's the shape? What, uh, what races he got planned? Um, so give us a run through of the first half of the year.
3: Ah, started out really bad, was, uh, yeah, was DNF, the Valencia Marathon, had to just start building back again, wanted to, uh, to run in London to get the qualifier for Boston next year, uh, put in some kind of a solid eight to ten weeks block, ran 229 in London, ran with a friend, so was pacing him as well. Shape was probably 227 low, 226 high. So maybe around 330 for the marathon pace. And after London, uh, I have to say, I have been more sick than I have been unsick. So first three weeks after London was completely dead, then caught uh, some kind of food poisoning. So was back down again, but uh, last week was okay and I need to do a good job. The original plan was to go back to Berlin, but uh, I have uh, no hope, actually. It's way too, uh, too few weeks, so probably we'll be back to Valencia at the, the end of the year.
1: Yeah, so you've got a year between Valencia's. That's a, um, You're sounding like, like, a, like Toby, Toby the bad boy, aren't you? A year between Valencia's? You're yeah, both...
3: but the thing... The thing is, when I was in London, and of course it was an amazing day. I had a good day myself, even though the the shape was not the best. The experience of running the marathon, I remember why I love the marathon a and also why I hate the marathon. And after that race, when I got sick, and I also realized that it's a lot of work for me to be to be close to running 220. The PB is 221. I have run 222 once, but but every time I have done. A really good job during the summer and i need just more time if you look at the the average kilometer the last eight months is probably closer to 80 than it's close to 120 so i need to just get back uh, back on the horse get motivated again i have had also a lot of work lately and i can just uh, yeah it's my own reason why i have a lot of work but yeah, what do you do for work?
1: A, what work?
3: Uh, we have a real estate company. We have uh, been through a phase where we try, where we have sold out some stuff and bought in new stuff, and also had to travel for looking for new apartments. And also the two big races we have in Drama. We have done stuff with new investors there, try to build up the race from two, three thousand, and to make it a big race. So I've been a lot of. Uh, a lot of work, you have to just be there. You have to be in the, be in the discussion, be in the rooms for, yeah, doing a negotiation, a lot of stuff where you cannot sit home and, yeah, do what you want.
1: Mm. And so what do you put down as the main things that you need to do to get yourself in shape for Valencia?
3: I need to start sleeping at least eight hours, not five.
1: That's not enough, is it? You've been too much poker?
3: I've been too much in general, also. Poker is not... I will not say poker. Poker for me is easy. I can adjust. I can play when I want. But I've been too much older stuff. Too much... Yeah, too much work. So now I am at the vacation. Will not do any work here. Try to train twice a day. And it's summer in Europe now, so we can start building back. I have a half marathon in September. So probably the schedule will be the, the half marathon in Drummond in September and then do the half in October in Valencia and hopefully Valencia marathon in December. But I have a lot of uh, a lot of job. The shape for 10K is probably yeah around 33:20. So you can imagine 320 pace for 10K need to be 319 for a marathon.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's right. And and so you put, you, you say sleep, but let's get technical, Christian. You love technical. So you need to do some things before Valencia. And sleep is one, but what's been going wrong in all these other build-ups? What have you been doing wrong with training? I think I was close.
3: When we talked uh, last time before Berlin, I think I was close to 220. I was not in 218 shape, but I think I was close to 220. I Did one big long run, 10 days out, maybe it cost too much, I think I was a little bit unlucky that I caught the flu down in Berlin, but at the same time what you do, you travel with airplanes, you you are with so much people, and after COVID it seems like uh, also me is getting uh, way easier to get sick now than it was before, so if we're going into technical part about running, for, for me, I need to start running at least 10 times a week. I need to get back to a solid long run. That is the most important. And then I need to just go with the two sessions and the long run each week and try to just get out the door jogging. I mean, to run, I need to average for... At least 140k for 15 to 20 weeks. I need to do a good job. I need to, I cannot just build back on a short build up now because it's uh, the mileage have been lacking for a long time. So it's all about getting back to basic. It's easy training, and when the shape is better, when I can run maybe 109, 108 for a half, then we can talk about specific marathon training. But before that, it's just normal. Yeah, two sessions and a long run a week, and 140 to
1: 160. We will talk about your um training this week when we go through your training week. But firstly, you're a you're a man of European athletics, so talk us through um talk us through the recent Diamond leagues that's been going on because we can hear we hear you on the monthly show a little bit, but the real like the uh, the bulk of the listeners. They um they don't hear your perspective. So you were at the Bislett games watching, weren't you?
3: I was not ringside. That was also one hell of a day. I had to go up to the north for a big stuff. So I went up the day that the Diamond League was there. So I just had to watch it on the TV. But it's like you're saying, I think it's... Uh, it's a bit of a game changer. We can talk a lot about uh, Jacob, Ingebrigtsen and, uh, and uh, the on group with Ritzenheim, but, but all in all, I think uh, the level of, uh, of training in Europe now is really high. There's a lot of people that actually believe it's possible to, to be up there to fight against Africans. The, the spectators at the Diamond Leagues yeah, in Oslo, it was sold out one month before. It was packed 15,000, 16,000 people at Bichlet. Haven't been like that for a long, long time. When mm. when Usain Bolt was rocking around, of course, you could have spectators, but, but that was for me, was not athletics. That was for a big, big show with Usain Bolt and 10 seconds of running. This was something else, and yeah, all in all, I think we also see a big, big benefit of the new shoes, especially for the people on the track. I think we can see a lot of people that are able to to do the training and also can compete in races without being dead. We don't see any kind of Achilles calf injury anymore. We see people that are rocking up two, three times a month for competition. So... All in all, the, the sport is in a very good place. We, Of course, we are cheering for Stewie I, oh, and, of course, for for uh, Rainer. But, uh, yeah, the Australians have been missing out a little bit. I think Stewie had a, a rough winter. But, but all in all, I'm happy. I'm looking forward for the next Diamond League. We'll be in Switzerland this Friday. Rumors about uh, a new, another fast uh, 1500. So, yeah, just... Uh, Hang on, and we are all looking forward for the World Championship in August, and that's also in Europe. So probably will be a good show. And
1: and how's the uh, vibe in Norway around Jakob? Is is he just a national hero? Is he a rock star?
3: Nah, you know Jakob has been long in the game. Even though he's a young guy, he was. Uh in the world championship in 2017 he was uh, running the steeple he fell at the last one but but still he had been in the game for 6 7 years now so
1: 2017 uh, he was in the yeah he was steeplechase, insane. was he really
3: yeah, yeah. he failed. yeah 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 so he had been out there and and also Jacob is like a since he's coming from that family, the expectations are high. All his interviews is like, "I'm here for being the best in the world," stuff like that. So, I mean, all Norwegian people are cheering for him and they are watching. But yeah, uh, but Norway is uh, the new man of the people. That's for mm. sure.
1: Narva, yeah, yes. Yeah, Sorry.
2: what's what's the vibe there? Because obviously, all the Ingebrits and boys have left their dad Gert, and Gert's now training this Nordass guy who ran three twenty nine. Are people more behind the people's champ, Nordas, or Jakob?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, back when they were all together, uh, the father, Jak yeah, he was coach of Narva yeah, from 2018. Narva is actually uh, close to the same city as uh, the Ingebrigtsen guys. So Jak have been the coach of Narva for a lot of years. But, of course, when you are coaching three of your own sons, then Narva will always be the, the fourth man. But after the breakup, it seems like Yacht uh, and Narva have done a lot more talking together. Uh, they have been training through the same training system, but uh, the adjustment from winter training to, to summer training and also to racing have been a big change. In 2019, Narva traveled with me and other guys down to Copenhagen for running the half marathon in September. and. And uh, rumors uh, said that uh, Jack almost said to Norway, if you go running a half marathon this early in your career, you are done. I don't want to to coach you. You need to hit the track, you need to build uh, the 1500 meter base and then we go on from that. So after the breakup in the family, it just seems like uh, Jett is spending more time with Narve, and he's also coaching one other guy, a 13.22 guy. His name is Per Vela. So they are two guys together, and Jett. And the Ingebrigtsen brothers, they are together. Those three, and then they add up with some other people. You saw one guy in this sled running 13.09. His name is Magnus Tuv Mira. He is also yeah, with the training group of Jakob.
1: So, uh, you touched on this family breakup. We haven't heard of this on the podcast yet, Chriso. So, what's known over there? Like, obviously, you know some stuff, but what's in the public about this family breakup?
3: Ah, uh, the Ingenbrigtsen family is a big family. They have seven kids, so it's two kids that are younger than Jakob. It's one sister and one brother. The brother is really much younger than the rest. I think maybe the sister can be... 17 years old now so in the ingebrigtsen uh all the series and all the yeah the documents yeah love loved you saw it the, youtube yeah 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 you saw the girl that was talking to Yap said that she wants to try to be an a runner as well and after the series stopped and they stopped recording uh, yeah yeah rumors said that uh, she and Yap was having a, a big discussion and probably like a father daughter uh, fight some kind of uh, yeah some kind of agreement you know when you are a girl and you are 15 16 17 world is changing social media boys everything so the rumors just said that uh, he uh, the girl and Jack had a big uh, yeah big fight they were not uh, happy and uh, yeah they decided that they wanted to to split up some part of the family. I don't know if the girl is still living with with Jack, but the youngest brother is living. And all the other uh, boys, they are way older. So they have moved out. They have uh, their their own family, their own kids. And Henrik is also living 200 meters up the street of Jack. So I don't know what the situation for the family is now. If they are together for a birthday or something like that, I have have no idea. but all in all it, Henrik and Philip said it was too much, uh, yeah too much noise, and they were all fed up of the father coaching relationship. In the end, it was too much. They felt that we are old enough to carry on uh, on their own.
1: Yeah, you could see a bit of that in the last maybe series when things didn't go too well and they had a little few, few arguments, that kind of stuff, a bit of tension developing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and,
3: and like I said, Philip have, uh, her his own, uh, he's married, Hendrik is married, they have kids, they have their own family, and, yeah, I think all in all, they split up for, for not destroying the family. You, Philip, he moved uh, many years ago. He moved from, uh, yeah, from Sonnes, the city where, he, where hendrik and the other, Jakob, is living, and he moved up with uh with the girlfriend to to Norway, where the girlfriend is from. So Philip had the, enough of of all this many years ago.
1: Hmm. And um, this new training group they've kind of formed themselves. Is there a coach?
3: Nah, not a coach. If they if they have to to give the coach role to somebody, it will be Henrik. But all in all, I think they do the same system. Every single week is the same. They have been on this system. Henrik has been on this training schedule almost. Yeah, he debuted in the European Games in 2010 in Barcelona, so 13 years ago. And I think, uh, I will not say they are old enough to coach their own, but, but I mean, they are three guys together. They I think they have a, a good... Uh, relationship between them i think it's honest stuff henrik and jacob is living in the same city so i think they spend a lot of time together both on the treadmill and on the track so all in all i think they have find a, a good balance of of doing stuff but at the same moment the running game is very easy when you're getting better every day The question is what will happen if uh, let's say jacob is getting injured or uh, he's getting beat starting to run bad races you know the this uh, sport game of individual they it changed it can change really fast as well but at the moment they are on the on the big wave and everything is fine for jacob so at the moment i think is uh, just keep doing what's uh, yeah what's working
1: yeah you reckon there will be some sort of uh Little, like a blow-up in the media over there about all this? It doesn't sound like it's talked about, otherwise we would have known about this.
3: Nah. To be honest, I think Jakob and, and those guys have said what they want to say, and if media is starting to attack them, they will not uh, do any interview. Like if the main channel of in Norway is starting to to dig and starting to write a lot about family stuff instead of running I think Jacob and them will stop talking to them so and sometimes you need to find i mean if you are a journalist and i
4: mean in England
3: it seems like journalists don't care at all but in Norway it's like you can uh, you can write a lot of stuff about the training and about sport but you cannot hammer people for uh, family stuff some some kind of uh, of grey area, you need to stop also.
1: Oh, yeah. We don't really have those journalistic morals here in Australia. That's like, <laughs> mate, that's front-page stuff, mate.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a journalist. What I can see is uh, Jack looked very happy, but at the same time, he was not watching the Bichlet Games. Why
1: wasn't the... He wasn't there. He was coaching that fella though.
3: Yeah, but he don't want... I think he had just... Uh, yeah, I think they have talked together. I think they don't want him around the sports scene anymore. I don't know, but for me it seems quite uh, harsh to to yeah, you're not allowed to be at the stadium is uh, So
1: oh, the brothers said be easy. the brothers said you can't be here.
3: No, they, I have not heard that. They, they haven't said it, but I think that is the deal. They, they don't want the Yacht around when they are going to the World Championship. Yacht will probably not go there as the coach of Norway because the yeah their own sons don't want him
1: there. Yeah. Okay. Bit of trouble in paradise over there, Croaks. It sounds like Days of Our Lives. <laughs> <The> real <laughs> sensitive types, the Norwegians. Real sensitive people. Um. All right, Chris-o. So what's it, what do you got coming up? Oh, we'll leave that till later, what do you got coming up? How about we go through your week then? You going to give us a training week?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's a good timing to, to be here because this week was actually one of the best for a long, long time. So, yeah, we can uh, we can start. Let's see what is the day here. Uh, Sunday 18th. Yeah, and Monday is 19. So, yeah, I came off a 10K race this the week before. I ran 33.40 up in uh, yeah the city where I'm from, up in North Norway. So, yeah, I ran 31.35 uh, last year, and this year is 33.40. So, Oof. of course, was was hammering out a little bit too fast. Yeah, you know, blow up. had to jog home.
1: Not good, mate.
3: What did you go go through, 5K? I was not that bad. I think it was around 16, 30-something. It was not a huge blow-up, but it was a little bit windy also. Tailwind out, headwind back. A lot of cross-country skiing, people that always are opening the races very hard. So just went with a group and all people died together.
1: So you re- yeah, okay, so you finished that race thirty three forty I mean that's not feeling good, is it? you're going, fuck I 'm slow now, I was fast last year
3: yeah, last year I was uh, running seven k on my own, running thirty one thirty five was good going, was dreaming about two nineteen in Berlin, so uh, I mean life can change pretty fast in the sport as well, so you get day I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I also get checked. I got uh, b- b- beat the last 500 meter. I was, yeah, destroyed by one girl as well.
1: You couldn't keep up? You couldn't kick down?
3: No, had no chance at all. was running close to all out, and then she and one other guy caught me up. And then I stayed behind them, tried to recharge, but yeah, 400 meter left, they just, yeah, blowed my... B- and I ran the last uh, 1K in 320, so... I was picking up, but it was far away from anything.
4: You wear a heart rate?
3: Nah, but I can tell you it was high.
4: <laughs>
1: okay, so you you've run...
3: Where, where, when you are unfit, the heart rate can be really high.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so starting the
3: week up in the north, ran one hour in the bush, and and actually this time... The bush was for real. This was like single trails up in the, yeah, on the island. Just nice and easy. was pretty sore also.
4: Wait, what's this north
1: thing? This is where the race was, was it?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: See, I'm like zooming out here, trying to work out where, how far out this is. This is in like a bunch of islands up here.
3: Yeah, it's one hour 50 with airplane from the capital of Norway, from Oslo. So it's... uh, it's further away from Tromsø to Oslo than from Oslo to the capital of France, to Paris. So Norway is a long, uh, long country.
1: Why do you run it so far away for? Uh,
3: this is my home city, and this is a big race up there.
4: You oh, need this to is your home? At...
1: This is where you're from?
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Didn't you know that? He's from, like, he's from the North Pole. This is pretty far. I mean, mm. he says that. I just assumed Norway was the North Pole.
2: Though. And I, I, knew he, uh, I knew he was from, like, High, high up north.
3: So
1: you get icebergs here?
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> but the uh, the snow record is two meter for forty two centimeters or so. Two
1: wait, two meters.
3: Two meter forty two centimeters. Oh wow! I yeah, think that yeah. is that is the record for snow.
1: Yeah. So your family still live in this Tromso?
3: uh my mother is still working she's the boss of a big bank up there but my father he's uh, much more down in the south with my yeah with my brother and the kids
1: okay okay all right uh yeah so you've run very slow on this run croaks one of these k's 653
2: yeah but it might have been like that real tough single single track
1: Mm, i don't think we've ever run that slow before we run single track a bit 653 not really going uphill.
3: It's actually, a, I think it's up and down that, and that is. Yeah, I mean, I was jogging, of course, but but still, you are almost walking.
1: Bit of walking, bit of jogging, Christian. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, uh, we hit the, we hit the piss on the Saturday night with some old right. friends. Not Here we go. People, <laughs> and the Sunday was, yeah, out cruising. So I was still a bit hangover on the Monday
1: few old flames from back home. Chuck a few. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Girls,
3: we no
1: girls up there. The rock stars back in town, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> did, you, did your um, girlfriend travel with you or do you um, leave her down in the
1: capital?
3: Nah, she was with me. You oh. need to have a security guard
1: up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, go on. Yeah. Go on.
3: Yeah, so one hour there, 5.52 average, and uh, travel down to, to Oslo the, later that day, uh, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I said uh, some weeks ago that I could uh, do a pacing job at uh, a 10,000 meter in Bislett, but I thought that the, pay, the pacing job and the race was Wednesday, but uh, that week I found out it was on a Tuesday. So, yeah, I did 30 minutes that morning, 4.51 with some small strides and then I did the pacing job later I ran 6200 meter in front even pace one, uh, 81 seconds per lap so 80 seconds is 320 I was breathing pretty hard towards the end here 6002 was was okay I could probably finish the race around the same pace but uh, that would have also have been an all out effort
1: you um. That's about your 10k pace, though, correct, or a bit slower, a bit faster.
3: Yeah, ah, it's, yeah, probably the 10k pace. So I was pacing 6,200 meters at my 10k pace.
1: So you've done that Tuesday after you've run Sunday hard for 10k.
3: No, the race was Saturday. Oh, Saturday
1: hard
3: yeah. race, and then this. But yeah, this was. But you know, this was a, a race for the community. It Was probably close to 100 people there three different 10k events and i had said yes so you cannot rock up there and say no i'm sorry i was mixing the days i yeah i just had to bring myself down there and yeah do the best i could the plan was to pace between five and seven k so 6.2 was i did a good job and uh, the boys were able to kick down they ran close to 33 minutes and also were very happy three four guys together there so all in all, it was fine. Uh, Bislett Stadium, summer nights, this is like uh, the same time that Bislett Games was probably one of the best places for racing in the whole world, in, in Oslo during the summer.
1: Good. You hit up Croaks for some tips on pacing?
3: <laughs> no, nah, 81 seconds per lap at 3.22 pace. So I'm pretty good around that stuff.
1: What, did you, what was your fastest lap and your slowest? How even were you?
3: One second different.
1: Oh, that's good.
3: Yeah, but you know, bracelet. You have the lights. You have everything.
1: Yeah, the man is good in a spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Wednesday was uh, doing 30 minutes here, and I said to try to do the good old short double days. I actually have missed one upload here. I did a treadmill run, 30 minutes, Arvo uh, run later that same day. Just took the treadmill at 20, uh, 12 kilometers per hour and yeah so five minutes pace and I was uh, listening to, to Croker Banks out about running easy and four minutes pace outside but but uh, I have to agree with croaks when you're running on the treadmill it's really easy to have that uh, recovery really easy pace going because you, yeah, you get really fast into the slow rhythm and you can just stay on the treadmill. So for recovery runs, I think that the treadmill is a good, uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity.
1: You, um, you put the fan on and, or the aircon. You reckon you ever use like heat to add a little bit of stress to those easy ones?
3: Yeah, but at the moment, it's quite warm in Oslo, like 25 degrees. And this was inside in my own basement, so I don't need anything. It's uh, warm enough down there. But uh, I have a fan, but didn't chuck that on for that one. 30 so, minutes is, is okay. If I, was, if I had to run one and a half hour, I would use the fan for sure.
1: Yeah, so you get pretty warm, though, 30 minutes in 25 in a basement.
3: Yeah, but 30 was enough. The plan was to have a a double short day.
4: Okay, okay.
3: Thursday, I was planning on running early, but got caught up in a meeting with one of the banks and one guy there. It was never ending the meeting, so yeah, I could not get out the door before 11.20. So, yeah was paying the price of the race and the pacing job. So the plan was to have like a really controlled threshold workout. So went out like 10-15 minutes warm up from my apartment up to like a graveyard. It's really good to run around there. Probably the GPS has, is a little bit generous as well, but uh, it's almost dead flat. It's not a lot of traffic. You're running on the, the bike path and there's no biking people there, so it's, yeah, it's easy. So I did six times 1500 meter, had one minute recovery, but had two minutes between, uh, between number three and number four to have some lactate info. And all in all was running around 340 average pace. So it was controlled, but at the same time it was warm. The legs was not good at all after the, the yeah, the race and the pacing, so, yeah, I did what I had to do. It was good to be there alone, so I don't, didn't get carried away. And yeah, did six times 1,500 meters, so nine kilometers. So it was so just okay.
1: Were you aiming for pace, or were you keeping to a heart rate level, or were you uh, going to feel?
3: This time I had the, the heart rate strap on. So I was aiming around 155 and was not going to run higher than 160. But
1: what what are you? What's your threshold heart rate?
3: Uh, when when I'm in peak shape, I have had 162 for an average heart rate for a marathon. So I can run close to 167, 168, maybe can average for a half.
1: Mm, okay. And so that's a fair way underneath that 155.
3: Yeah, but that is when you are in peak shape and your body is yeah, really efficient. The pro- and also uh, in Berlin it have been good cold days. This is uh, this is a warm day in Oslo, feeling not good. Yeah, trying to just not kill myself once again.
1: Yeah. And so the um the lactate measure it Do you have a, a lactate pro
3: yeah uh, lactate yeah, yes the lactate pro too so
2: and maybe give moose a lesson on how to use it because every time i've heard him go on about it he's just wasted strips and hasn't got They're
4: expensive much good data. No too. yeah
3: yeah 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 you know in Norway now also the, the currency. We have a big currency problem as well. The Norwegian kroner is really bad. So all stuff you're buying from euro and from British pounds, etc. Are 15% more expensive now than one year ago.
1: What's a, what's a lactate strip cost you? Ooh. Close to two euro probably. One Shit.
3: Between one and a half and two euro, yeah, it's really expensive.
1: Yeah. So you don't want to take too many during these workouts?
3: No, I took only one, but I (laughs) just wanted to have like a brief check before going here to Greece because here I am on my own. I can do treadmill runs. I just wanted to have like, I I knew pretty much also. It's not that hard. When you are unfit like me and we have been running for many years, you, you pretty much know where you can train Without killing yourself. Yeah. If you take the if you take the 10k pace and you add 10 seconds and you do 1k to 2k repeats, you know you are not killing yourself.
1: Yeah. The the 2.8 millimole, was that a little higher than what you were expecting for that workout?
3: Ah, if I had to guess, I hoped it would be more like 2.5 to 2.0, but at the same time it's what's warm out there, so. It was okay. You know, if you're running like the double threshold system, that is something else. You need to take way more control of the stuff. If you're running the, the I would say, the, the croker sessions with two sessions and a hard long run, you can, you, yeah, you can train with four and five more as well.
1: Well, how do you mean? Like, you mean like um, you can push yourself harder? if you're only doing two workouts a week versus four workouts or five workouts a week?
3: Yeah, if you're doing double days, like two intervals on one day, you need to take real... I mean, if you are on the Ingebrigtsen system, you're doing a double Tuesday and a double Thursday. If you don't do... If you, if you go too hard on the Tuesday, you, are, you will be dead on the Thursday.
4: Mm.
1: So as an example... Say the Inga Britons, they have uh, ten by a K threshold session, but they've realised they've gone too hard and rep number four, their millimole measurement is too high. Will they continue the session but at a much easier pace, or will they stop the session? They
3: will never stop the session. They will put the yeah put on the brakes and run way
4: way slower.
1: Yeah. Okay, it'd be interesting to follow that because a lot of the time we see the measurements taken, but no real discussion or um, no real uh, analysis or, or chat about the measurements and how they relate to the workout. So it, 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 I guess it's kind of intriguing to see how someone would adjust based off the expectations of the session, like in terms of the, the millimole they're supposed to be working at and the measurements they're actually getting.
3: Yeah, and Jacob have said have said several times, one of the biggest benefits with, with all people asking about their system is that 99% of all people are training way too hard when they are starting out with the system. Mm. Jacob, Jacob and, and those guys, they usually have between 1.6 and 1.8 millimore for the first session. For me and you, are, or Cro- Crocker, have higher millimore than 1.8 for every single long run, and he is out there for two hours.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: if you're doing the system they are doing, and you're not uh, doing the same intensity then you will kill yourself is no chance to do six sessions a week if you start with the hammering stuff
1: they call them lactate threshold workouts but they're very different to how we call oh well they're very different to what we call lactate threshold workouts over here
3: yeah and we had ritzenheim on the show that will be the next show in norway we have a big interview with rich and he said straight up for him training in altitude for him, he will not go with the double threshold system. He don't have too much data. It's way too risky because they are also living in altitude. Jacob and them are moving to altitude, stay for altitude four or five weeks, and then move home. So they always have some kind of risk adjustment. They can come home, relax, just try to, to get back on. But Ritzheim and those people... In U.S. or in Kenya, they are staying in altitude all the time. So if you first start killing yourself and you are in the altitude, then you are dead. It's so hard to turn around that. So Ritzenheim said straight up, for him, it's not a lot about double threshold. Sometimes they have, but it's more like a special block with two sessions a day. They go with the croaker system, two, two sessions and a hard long run. And Ritzenheim, he really believes in the long run.
1: Yeah, they get onto the trails, or do they just spent. it looks like they just run on the dirt roads around there.
3: Yeah, but he liked them to be hilly as well. But, yeah, they are, I have not been in Flagstaff. But, but it's not trails. It's dirt roads. You can go faster. You saw Obiri running 2.22 for a marathon in training there.
2: Mm. Well, they're in Boulder. But it's, um, yeah. but they do, they do get rolling on their long runs.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of 3.45 pace there
1: yeah all right next one yeah, so go keep then, going that,
3: that afternoon i went up with the, the training group together and they had 10 times okay so i went with them for four times okay and then then jog home felt way better in the afternoon but didn't want to have like a, a really double day I, I don't want to go for the double threshold system for me it's no chance then i have to quit everything in life and just train and at the moment that is uh no chance at all
1: so hold on a second so, here hold on you've run this threshold at midday and then you do a session in the after work too
3: i i was not planning to do a
1: session that
3: uh, afternoon was the group we are together with a big training group that always are meeting up at 6 o'clock in oslo for a big training together people running 30 minutes for a 10k and people running 60 minutes so i was just up there yeah, talking with people had a good time, and then I went four times. Okay, with them.
1: Right, bit of uh off the cuff training.
3: Yeah, should not have done that, but mm. easy to say afterwards.
1: Okay, so um, next
3: then, next day I ran with the guy I have the podcast with, and one other guy. One hour, four fifty three. Actually felt quite good. Was really good down uh, dirt roads down there at Big Day. Yeah, and. That was Friday and Saturday. I did uh, two sets of three, two, one case, and that was a good session. For uh, I had two, three days in a row with a good sleep. Went down there on my own. Plan was to go around 3:40 for the three case, around 3:30 for the two case, and around 3:20 for the one case. All in all, I ran a little bit faster, but yeah, it was the best session for a long, long time. I also put up. Uh, uh, it was a one-man show, croker style.
2: What's that? What's that mean?
3: That you are all on your own no. and you're running a little bit faster than you should. Uh,
2: I, got a, I got a group on uh, generally one one session a week.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's a big, and, uh, so big okay. session though. Twelve k. Yeah, it was a good one. It was uh, the best for uh, a long time, and also I can see that. Uh, I get some, uh, yeah, benefit out of the, the 10K race. You know, one week after a 10K race, you're usually, you're recovered, and, yeah, usually you have some fitness, yeah, improvement with the fitness as well.
1: Where's your long yeah, run? Yeah,
3: Sunday was, Sunday was running, and I was no training. Traveled to, to Greece, so all in all, it was 97 98k but I can see I have missed one run so and that was only 6k so it was 103
1: Oh 103 and then Monday no long run yet
3: Nah 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 I cannot do a long run first day here wake up early went on the treadmill 40 minutes It's 35 degrees outside so I need to wait with the long run to uh, next Sunday
1: It's island life now croaks Yeah He's given up. He's given up, the boy.
2: Well, even like before, when he said, "Oh, I can't do double, like double session days because I'd have to give up the rest of my life." Like three years ago, it was like, "I'm going to do everything I possibly can to break 220." I yeah. feel like he's, um, I feel like he's growing up a little bit, Moose.
1: But he lives in a, he lives in a, an apartment by himself with no family. <laughs> like how much? Five hours sleep a night, Chriso. Come on, mate. You're not doing work at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night. Or four in the morning.
0: Yeah,
3: I do. I have a company with people from US, a gambling company. Oh, yeah. so I need to do. I need to do. Uh, What's this called? Accounting stuff.
4: Yeah. So okay. I have
3: work late, late. But I mean, I can sleep as much as I want. All in all, it's about motivation and what you want to do in life. And yeah, the motivation I've been. Really bad after London, been, been, yeah, too much days out with sickness. So, yeah, I've been in a really bad place for running. And just need to, running for me is quite easy. Like after Saturday, after a good session where I was running home, I was feeling good again and like, okay, I'm ready to roll again. So it can change quite fast as well.
1: All right. Well, that's not a bad week then coming off a race where you got a bit of a reality check.
3: Hi, I was uh, glad you uh, you invited me this week, not some of the weeks before, but because that will have been, yeah, really bad.
1: Yeah, I thought you'd gone off Strava. I don't even look at your stuff anymore because it's so boring.
3: Yeah, I agree. I need to start the picking up again. If I'm going to run 219, I need to do it uh, quite soon. I mean, we are born in the same age, me and you. We are not getting younger.
1: Yeah, you. all right. Give yourself a chance, a percentage. Out of 100, 0 to 100 chance that you can break 220?
3: Between 10 and 15.
1: Okay. All right. I got you, I got I was, you as a little less than that, but that's good.
3: Yeah, I was close to 5% two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going pretty good, though, back then, a year ago. Things change. Like you said, things change quickly.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, all right, Croaks. you all right? Up. I'll whip through my week. Uh,
2: yeah, so I started to back things off a little bit, um, given that Gold Coast was coming up. So did an hour on Monday morning out at Mulligan's, 4.15s, and then I jumped on the treadmill that afternoon because it, yeah, it was a pretty crappy day. Um, so I just did 7K, um, 35 minutes. Then the Tuesday session was at the track, and um, yeah, it was cold. So like the apparent temperature was minus two. I wore um I wore a beanie for this session, and like I can't remember the last time I actually wore a beanie for the whole session and didn't feel like I needed to take it off at all. Um, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's a, I, I like that. That's a good feeling, I reckon. It, well, is it
3: snowing there when it's that cold? Cross? No, snow up in the mountains?
2: No, we don't get snow. Like we th- last week we had. Well, we get snow within like an hour's drive, but um, not in Canberra itself. But this week, like, we had – so I think Viv was out running on Wednesday morning, and it was minus 6, but the apparent temperature was, like, minus 10. So we've had, a, yeah, a couple of couple of cold days. Um, but anyway, the session was five sets of 800, 200 jog, and then 400, 200 jog. Um, and so the 800s, I was trying to run somewhere around sort of 10K – pace for this and uh 5k pace for the 400s um the plan was to to take about a minute for the 200 meter jogs but i found like once you finish the rep and just roll around the bend you almost just have to like stand still so i was only taking like 50 to 55 seconds generally for the 200 meter jogs Um, went pretty well so the 800 reps were 228 227 225 227 225 and the 400s were uh, 70 71 69 70 68 um it felt like pretty strong on this my only concern on the track is just my my calves i can always just feel them like tightening up and i'm just like uh oh, this is this is risky um you know it's cold uh i've got gold coast in like 10 or 11 days but they they held up fine and then um one of the guys that i coach he was doing a five k time trial, so I for my cool down I paced him. So um, yeah, he wanted to break twenty minutes because um, he'd never done that before, and uh, yeah, around like nineteen thirty seven or something. So it nice. was good good for him to get under uh, under twenty minutes.
1: Bit of pacing practice for the king, just get back
2: in form. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, except he 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 thought he had one lap to go when he actually had two, and down the back straight he just starts sprinting to the point that I'm like, oh, I reckon he might have spent too many bickies here. And then he gets go around, around it, Yeah, he went, he went around me. And because I, was bit, <laughs> because I was a bit worried about my calf, I'm like, oh, do I just let him go? And I sort of – I did latch on to him. And then he's getting down the home straight and he's starting to slow. And I'm like, mate, you've got another lap to go. <laughs> so I reckon he would have run faster if he, um, yeah, just sort of, uh, yeah, I guess didn't miscount the laps. Sure. Um, and, yeah, so then – uh, Wednesday you, morning.
1: What shoes do you wear on the track? Uh,
2: so for the session, I wore the Next Percent Two, um, and for the pacing job, I wore the uh, Super Blast.
1: Oh yeah, so for my been, cool down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Next, um,
3: Next Percent Two will be the marathon shoe. Uh,
2: ah no, Alpha Fly for me. I, I don't Have mind the that, one or two. Uh, I've only got the one. Um, so I. Yeah, like I'll, I don't mind the next percent two for like shorter reps, um, but yeah, if I'm doing anything at marathon pace, um I like the Alpha
1: Fly. A new Vaporfly. Yes, you sh- yeah. Sorry, Chris. Yes, oh? You should
3: sh- You should send him the Alpha 3.
1: I don't, I don't have the Alpha 3.
3: Oh, come on, you have one.
1: I don't have one. I just got a Vaporfly 3, bought bought it myself. I got to pay for my shoes, mate, and and the Vaporfly 3 Oh, we can. I did workouts in it this week. I talk about it, but I actually really like it. I found like it's a big improvement over the two. Mm. Got a lot more. I've
3: never, I have never tried the three, not the next or not the alpha, but I heard good stuff myself.
1: Yeah, but you got that Achilles and the um the pad thing rubs for you. It's it's still yeah. it's still got a pad at the back. Yeah. Um yeah,
2: so Wednesday morning I got out for my midweek long run. Um I only did ninety minutes. I had been doing like an hour forty-five. So I did, yeah, twenty two K four oh fives. And then that afternoon I flew down to Melbourne um because I had all of that testing on the Thursday. Um so yeah, got to the um the Baker Institute uh yeah, like nine thirty on Thursday morning. And then yeah, like I basically left there at four o'clock or close to four, I reckon, and um in that time, I'd had like about a fifty-minute break. So they put me through like DEXA scans, blood tests, a um, uh, max test on the bike, uh, an MRI, um, uh, a ultrasound. So it was pretty pretty thorough, and like I really um I really enjoyed it. And the positive to come from the day was when I was doing the max test. Um, one of my so the, the I guess the episodes that I'd been having actually showed up and Andre was in the room at the time Um, and I remember it was about five minutes in and I wasn't the effort wasn't really hard but I had that sort of um, shortness of breath feeling and I didn't think much of it because I'm like well I'm on the bike so I don't have a lot of perspective whereas when I'm running I know how it should feel and I'm I'm wearing a mask and um, he said to me he's like did you feel that and I went yeah like I felt short of breath and anyway continued with the max test And supposedly I'd had a couple of other episodes during it. Um, And so the positive of that was they could actually pinpoint where in the heart things were going wrong. Um, And then they, with the MRI, they injected like a contrast, which would then indicate um, basically if there's like scarring of the heart. Um, And so the combination of the max test and the MRI painted like a really good picture of what's going on. So that was the positive the negative is that it's um, one of the more like riskier arrhythmias, um, which I won't go into too much because uh, by the end of this week I should actually have a bit of a roadmap in terms of like what the plan will be for treatment and that sort of thing. But it, um, yeah, it's yeah, like it's not a uh, it's not a quick fix, I suppose. Um, but it was nice to know exactly what's going on. So um, yeah, by the Gold Coast live show I should sort of be able to tell more about what's going on there.
1: Um, yeah, and like obviously you've got um, things to say. We'll say it next week. We won't yeah. push you on that stuff. But uh, how does this um, how does this kind of affect things for the future of like the short term future, like for Gold Coast, basically?
2: Yeah, well, at the moment, like the sickness is probably my biggest issue for mm. for Gold Coast. I, um, I like I still plan on doing Gold Coast um, largely because. Like I've been running 160, 170 k a week. Um, like th- this whole week of training that I'm that I'm about to like that I'm recapping now. Like I really didn't have an issue or felt an issue. Um, and to be honest, like I don't know what the future holds. Like it's probably it sounds a little bit dramatic, but I don't know. I I know after Gold Coast, I definitely have to pretty much stop running for a while, or at least you know basically limit to 20, 30 minute a day and and not any intensity. Um, and so I would the reason why I want to do Gold Coast still is if, for example, the treatment that I get to fix it allows me to still exercise but not train at the level that I have for the last 20 years, like it would be a really shitty way to sort of just go out of the sport, whereas I'm almost willing to just take the risk for Gold Coast as that one last opportunity to feel like as fit as I am at the moment in that sort of event. Even though I'm not racing it, I'll still just pace but that's sort of where that that's where I'm at. And the analogy I would use: Have you guys seen Rocky Four?
1: Yes, love Rocky Four.
2: Yeah, so in the snow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of at the bit where like people are saying like you're mad for running, you know, Gold Coast. Um, and it's that bit where uh, before Apollo Creed fights Ivan Drago, and Rocky's trying to like talk him out of it, saying you know we're not we're not that we're not those people anymore, and and then Apollo's like, you know, this is who we are, and that sort of thing. So, um, I don't know. I just if if I can't sort of train at the level that I want to in the future, I would like to just have one more opportunity of, of running in an event when I'm pretty fit. Which, like, I'm am as fit as I've been for like three years, I reckon. Um, in terms of like my sessions. So, yeah. Anyway, um, we can
1: It's we can't even. Co- like I can't even make a comment to say, oh, what about this? What about that? Because I don't know the risks. Only you know the risks. Yeah. And, and and so, I mean, it sounds it sounds like it would be a hard position you're in uh, to to make mm. that. And without knowing the risk, which I don't, uh, you can't say, oh, mate, have a think about it a bit more closely. Yeah,
2: yeah. But obviously, the sickness is like if if I had to run tomorrow morning, like I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I'm yeah. Yeah, too too sick to be able to do that. Um, but I knew when I was in Melbourne because I'd I'd been on like packed packed buses, packed planes, packed trams, and I was thinking to myself, oh, this is like a recipe for picking up a bug. Like you know, you're on the tram and you you're holding different different um, rails, and you're like, oh, I wonder what germs are on these. Uh, Everyone anyway,
1: is sick here. Everyone in Victoria is sick right now.
2: Yeah, so it was it was a really weird day in that there was positives to come from it, but it was also a fair bit to process in that it was um it was probably yeah like it's obviously more concerning than some of the other hard issues that you can have um and so I got home at like 8 30 on Thursday night and uh, Viv and the kids were up in Brisbane visiting her sister and they weren't getting back till Sunday so I was sort of like here just like you know trying to process everything that had happened um Friday afternoon I just jumped on the treadmill for 45 minutes and then on Saturday I wanted to do a session um, and I got actually Elliot, so one of the guys that I coach, he just lives around the corner from me, I, I put a message out to my group saying, does anyone want to, anybody want to come down to Yereby Pond and just sort of ride the bike with me while I do this session? Um, just one, to clear the path, but two, obviously, just to have someone there like with the heart stuff, especially that I was told, you know, after I'd sort of told what I had. Um, but the session went great. Like I did two by 5K with a three-minute float, and like I averaged 318s for the whole 10.86k and like felt really smooth was able to talk to Elliot while I was doing it so i think i was running like 3, 6, uh 317s for the first rep 315s for the second rep and um 340s for the float um yeah, so was, you know, a good workout and, and so, so it's that sort of thing where i can go and do that and feel like 100% like feel normal and you look at what i've done for the last 3 weeks in terms of like 160 170k and you know i ha- haven't really had too many issues so yes there's always
1: there's always a risk um, what's the risk what is the risk like what can happen with this condition you have well so it so basically
2: what i've got is um ventricular tachycardia so it's yeah my right ventricle so they they found scarring on the right ventricle um, and that's where the misfirings happening and so the reason why the vent so you know atrial fibrillation deals with the atrium which is like the top part of the heart the problem with when you've got issues with the ventricle that can turn into uh, things like ventricular fibrillation so it from tachycardia to fibrillation which basically means you have like a cardiac arrest
1: Okay. So, yeah. So the risk is pretty, like, the consequence is pretty odd. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and, and, um, sorry, what's turn- the,
1: sorry, what's the, um, what brings that on? Is it well, high I, intensity?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um,
1: th- that's the thing.
2: Um, so, yeah. Anyway. And, and I think Andre's going to call me later in the week, um, after he chats to a colleague of his who actually deals with, um, like, this condition in terms of like surgery and stuff like that because it's it's likely that i would have to have surgery to fix it um
1: that open heart surgery or is that
2: no they put like a catheter through it's called um uh it's called ablation so what they do is they go into where the so obviously the scarring on the heart that's the the scarring is causing the misfiring in in the the Um, and so they go in through your groin with like a catheter up into your heart and they almost burn away or make like the scar a little bit bigger and and basically kill that um, that rogue sort of uh, you know, well, I, I don't I, yeah, I guess I'm not a doctor, but like they basically kill they try and kill the the rogue um, heartbeat or the signal. Okay, if yeah. that makes
1: sense. Well, it doesn't to me because I don't know what the (laughs) fuck you're talking about. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: um, But it's like I don't know how long it takes to get that done. Um, And then I think because mine's on the outside of the heart, not the inside of the heart, they potentially have to um, uh, insert, like, a needle through my chest into, like, the pericardium. Um, But, yeah, as I said, like, Andre will chat to his colleague who does these surgeries um, and then call me to basically say, yeah, look, this is what you should do and – you know obviously, let me know whether yeah, I need to like completely stop running or whether I can do 30 minutes a day. Um, but yeah, after Gold Coast, I pretty much have to um stop running, like you know, well, <laughs> stop running compared to what I currently do. You know, basically go out and jog for 20 minutes a day, which um, you're not going to get you're not going to be getting real fit off that mm, until so, it's remedied, but, yeah.
3: But but this session crooks, you had the alpha fly on.
2: Yeah, the alpha fly for this one. You started the first K with
3: a 319 on the first 5K and ended with a 312. If if we put up 315 for average pace for a marathon, it's a 217 flat. Mm. If you have to take a wild guess, you you think you are close to 217 straight
2: now? <laughs> no, I I don't think I've done the I don't think I've done the the specific marathon workouts. But like as Moose said last week, I'm probably like. Six weeks away, like if I was to do some of the real speci- uh, specific sessions, um, like I could have done another, like comfortably another rep at this. Um, so three by 5K. Um, but obviously it's building up to, you know, four by 5K or that sort of thing. But like I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty fit. And that's, that's the hardest thing about mm. this whole situation is it's like I'm running well. Like even though then at the back of your mind or at the front of your mind, you're like, but there's something wrong with my heart.
1: Yeah, and there's like, like it'd be so much easier if you had a long-term niggle or something like that. It was just you weren't that invested in running anyway. Mm, yeah. you're kind of you're almost looking for a little out. Whereas, yeah, yeah. I mean, you run your PB now, and you're the third fastest in Australia for the year. Like that's the sort of level you're still at. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and that yeah, and that's why. Sorry, go on.
3: Yeah, I have I have to agree, Mus. Also, when you look at the training for. What Brad have done the last couple of weeks you see that he's up to 170 yeah you have a lot of elevation you look through the weeks it's having the midweek long averaging four almost four yeah 405 for 90 minutes is 250 meters of elevation that is the day after a session like all in all this training here is really really solid
1: yeah mm. this is the base you want and then he'd come in and he'd do some some of those longer, faster ones, some long intervals. Yeah, you'd see him. Yeah,
2: and that's and that's why, like, I, I I still want to do Gold Coast because I don't want to just now go. All right, I've just got to go and jog thirty minutes a day. Especially given, yeah. like, I've done, like, I did a two by eight k the other week with a K flow. I've done this two by five k. So, like, I haven't had any issues while I've been doing it. Yes, yes, there's a risk, but I could almost accept that. Like if I'm out there on Sunday and I'm like, hey, this might be the last time that I'm this fit in an event and like I can sort of just soak it up and then go, all right, I now accept that I need to like back right off until my heart's better. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I've got to get over this sickness. Um, So that was Saturday. And then Sunday um, I just did an hour out at Mulligan's um, at 4:11s and felt really good, I think. Coming off three weeks of like one sixty to one seventy and then backing off to like a hundred, the end of the end of the week here I felt like really, really fresh. Um, but then last night got sick. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my week hundred and four for the week.
1: All right. Well, patrons. Uh you're in red, Chris eh? Oh, you're not doing oh, your week. You oh do I do I have to? Yeah. Uh. Did you do anything? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll I'll, I'll whiz through it as it said. Yeah, I was. I'm pretty happy with this hosting role. I like it. I like to listen. Actually, it's, I actually listen for once.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Chris, O, hey, you reckon I'm going alright, or you reckon I'm struggling?
3: Nah, you you're not going very, I mean, it's not really <laughs> impressive, but it's a long time since your training has been impressive, but, I mean, you are in a group down there, you're doing general stuff, you're not, uh, you're closer to 31 than you think, but uh, you're far away from running really fast for a marathon, but your general fitness is okay.
1: Mm, yeah, I reckon I'm going faster than 31, actually.
3: Yeah, maybe a little bit, but, yeah, I mean, we are talking about a guy that have been, I mean, it's four years ago, but you're still a world championship uh, qualifier and been in Doha, so we cannot say that the running 31 is world class anymore.
1: No, no, no. All right, let's do it then. Um, I jogged twice on the Monday, 35 and 47. I ended up running into my friend Kieran. Your friend too, Croaks. He lives in yeah. Anglesey now. Everyone's moving to Anglesey. It's brilliant. Mm. He's about to head over to Kenya. Kieran is Christian. Ooh. going all in. Keep him away from oh. the drugs, mate. Keep him away from your mates over there. What's he trying yeah, for, Moose? Yeah, yeah. uh, he's going to do Berlin. Okay. Um, How long is he going to stay in Kenya? Six weeks. Oh, it will Goes be what?
3: It
1: will be very good or he will kill himself. Yeah, I know. I sent him the warnings. Got to talk to his coach about that. Uh, then I did a workout with Ali on the Tuesday. It was a pretty good workout, actually. Well, I was running with her, so the workout was prescribed for her heart rate levels. So she was doing 15 minutes at 160 beats max, then 15 minutes at 165 beats max and then 15 minutes at her threshold max which is around 175 uh so there was like progression run i guess you'd call it Uh, we're running around the 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 river loop and there was a bit of rain so it was kind of slippery in spots i i skated out a few times in some um some like wet surface clay stuff uh the laps were the first 15 well, we went a bit long because we forgot to lap it um 341s and then 333s and then 322s so she got down there actually like she like this is a pretty good after half an hour to kick down 15 minutes at 322s um i thought that was a pretty good workout for her i felt really good on this run though like i know the workout wasn't mine but I actually felt comfortable the whole way and perhaps towards the end I started to get a little fatigued. but that's probably just due to lack of mileage it's it is a good workout though it starts to get you feeling like 45 minutes of continuous running no intervals so just like continual running you do get fatigue that you don't get when you add in in when you add in rest periods Uh, and I think it sort of conditions you for the for a race a little better
2: it's good mental training too where you don't get those those mental breaks from recoveries
1: 100 percent, it is you have to be patient because i found myself even during the first rep looking down and seeing eight minutes and i'm like oh i've got another seven minutes of this uncomfortable feel and then we're going to kick down again and then i got then i get to kick down properly so it's it's just kind of uncomfortable paces working through the gears It's not as easy as going and running eight by three minutes on the mind, like you said. Like, you don't get that chop out. Uh, Next day, ran just under an hour. Uh, I hurt my back on this run. So, at about the, like, 10K mark, I felt a pinch right in the side. It was really cold this morning, Croaks. This was Wednesday morning, Thursday morning or something. Oh, I felt myself bracing as I was running just the whole time. I was like tensed up because of how cold it was. And then my my back pinched and I had to get home. So I kind of jogged home and thought, oh, is this a bad one? Uh, So that day I actually was kind of sore at work and I thought I'd fucked it. But then I woke up the next day and it was okay. Um, So I chucked late decision to chuck some running gear in the car. And I, um, I knocked off work a little bit early and did a little run along the waterfront in Geelong, so that felt fine. So I knew I was kind of, I kind of dodged a bullet there. It was only six k, but I, I didn't get any pain running. So I decided to do a workout the next morning with Kieran. It was his workout. He's training for. Uh, he's doing Gold Coast half. It's pretty similar to the, um, pretty similar to the workout I did on the earlier in the week. It was, um, (coughs) excuse me, 15 minutes at 3.25s was the prescription. And then we had a two-minute rest jogging, then 10 minutes at 3.20s, three-minute rest, and then five minutes at 3.10. Uh, So I felt good again during this workout. Uh, Excuse me one sec. Yeah, um, he was fine too few times that I like felt so good that I just got ahead of him and I had to put the brakes on. I was finding these paces really quite easy, actually. Uh, it gave me a bit of hope for Gold Coast. Let me just put this session to you because we had a, quite a heated discussion about it. Christian, you you go first. Um, 15 minutes at 3.40, 15 minutes at 3.30, 15 minutes at 3.20, all continuous versus... This workout: 15 minutes at 3:25, two minute rest; 10 minutes at 3:20, three minutes rest; five minutes at 3:15. What's easier? What's harder?
3: For a marathon guy like you, the first session is the easiest. For a guy coming from the track, it will be the opposite. But uh, yeah. It's something about never being able to have a break that a lot of people are struggling with. But of course, if you have my shape now, I will never. I could not finish the last one because the, yeah, the the level of uh, you are running too fast in the end. You are running ten minutes or five minutes here, close to, yeah, I don't know what, close to faster than close to three k. Yeah, close to yeah. So I could not finish it, but. Coming from a track the long stuff without the break and the opposite if you're a marathon
1: guy. Croaks if you had these sessions presented to you what which one are you picking and going that's easier um,
2: probably the one where you get like the the recoveries like two minutes and three minute recoveries
1: yeah three minutes recovery fucking yeah. hell yeah like I didn't know there were recoveries in this workout I just thought it was 15 10 five and I'm like okay this will be good. And then after 15 minutes I hit my watch and took off and he's like no no wait we're jogging. I'm like oh shit this is too easy. Mm. I th- I thought it was I thought 3 minutes way too generous. However, the workout wasn't for me. It was for <laughs> someone else. <laughs> uh yeah. so yeah that was that was all right Ten thirty-five 35 minutes. And then uh 90 oh, on Saturday actually I ran with um got the bike seat back on the um on the bike so Pierre and Brie come along with me on this run. This was in the afternoon. I uh, wasn't too motivated. It was a real shit day. And then Sunday, ran with the group. Got hit by the weather at about the 18k mark. Just like the sideways rain, real windy, freezing cold. Not a great. Not this. We're in winter here. We're not on the beaches of Greece. It's a different type of vibe. This was real Ballarat conditions. Uh, I got put a. Po- Picture up a Toby actually on this one, with Theos the dog. See him? Yeah, I did.
0: It's a good photo. Yeah, good picture.
1: He's big. He's big, but Toby's very small. <laughs> very small. Um, he also he always picks on Toby. Like he, it's like he's just he's identified the um the lowest in the pack, <laughs> and he tries <laughs> to just cut him out each time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was my week. What did I hit one ten or something. Uh, so now we're on to Gold Coast, trying to beat a couple from the group. That's my thing. Got to beat Ali, got to beat Kieran, got to beat Matt Gunther. Apparently, there's a chick, Kyra D'Amato, going to go for um, 66 minutes in the Gold Coast half, Mm. She's a
3: 219, girl. Had the American record for the marathon
1: there. Yeah, she's pretty good, but you reckon she runs 66?
3: No, 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 no. Forget about
1: 66, 67.30, maybe. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, can I'll beat uh, it? I beat
3: give. Yeah, you will beat her. But I can give you a pro tip, Julian. You have 5,500 5, people on Strava, and the new algorithm on Strava is if you don't, don't put up any caption, you just have morning run, afternoon run, nobody will see your run because the algorithm is not putting you up in the system. So every oh, time shit. you... you you have to start typing in stuff for the workout. If not, nobody will see it. I, ha- I saw through your uh, Strava no. now. I have not given you a kudos for a month, and I can see why. It's because all of your runs is just morning runs, and nobody will see them. But like Crude oh. Farm, you have 620 likes, and you go on a morning run day, you have a 200.
1: Yeah, no one's going to like my morning run. Of course, they like the no, race. But
3: put- Put in something funny. Say something about Toby or yeah, some stuff about Alex. You just put in something. You cannot just have morning run. The algorithm is killing you.
1: Do you reckon I should just okay this week, Chris? o every day I'm going to post a photo of yours from your Instagram.
3: <laughs> Not me.
1: I'm going to go back and find a pic of yours in Instagram every day. Can the first <laughs> one?
2: Can the first one be before he's a runner and he's just like oh, yeah. a, a chubby poker player? They're all going to be that.
3: <laughs> uh, take one with Ronaldinho, the Brazilian uh, guy. That is like 5 in the morning in 2006.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll find that one for sure. I'll tag Ronaldinho in my… That's my
3: proudest moment.
1: Is he on Strava?
3: Oh, he's the mo- one of the most famous Brazilian football players ever.
1: Is he the bloke with the curly hair?
3: I don't know. He's the bloke that played in Barcelona and was training three times a week and party five times and was the best in the world.
1: With the butt teeth. Yeah. From
3: 2005, 2006, 2007, he was, yeah, he was the gun.
1: You don't know what I'm saying, do you? You can't understand me.
3: No, I'm understanding you.
1: Your butt teeth, curly hair. Yes or no?
3: He's a Brazilian guy. They have... 20 different haircuts each year. I don't know what to say. Put in Ronaldinho
2: and you will find him. All right, all right, all right. If there is one marathon you do this year, really make it count. We're ecstatic to announce that the Sydney Marathon, presented by ASICS, is a candidate race for the prestigious Abbott World Marathon majors. To help us reach our goal of becoming one of the world's best, we need passionate runners like you to join us on this amazing journey. Incredibly, We've already set a new Australian Marathon record with over 11,000 runners who have already registered from all around the world. The Sydney Marathon now has more participants registered than any other marathon in Australian history. By securing your spot in the Sydney Marathon this year, you'll also be receiving over $1,000 in added value as part of our Sydney Marathon Candidacy Club. You'll be guaranteed a spot on the start line when it becomes an Abbott World Marathon major, get a free 12-month subscription to the ASICS RunKeeper Go app, have free access to Eloise Wellings' Marathon State of Mind training program, valued at $900, and save big on your hotel accommodation with marathon tours and travel. Run over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, finish at the Sydney Opera House, and help us join the ranks of world-renowned marathons such as New York, London, Boston, Chicago, Berlin, and Tokyo. Grab your mates and register today so we can make history in the best way we know how, together
1: let's thank some patrons all right uh you go first Chris, this you know this person in red
3: yeah i do andreas Gosner he's uh, big in the coaching community have a big business with coaching business people and business company he's uh, yeah he's one of the long distance kings of norway was in comrades this year yeah quite active on social media and uh, the knowledge of running is good. His PBs is not that good. I've been <laughs> running with him a lot, but yeah, all in all he's a good guy.
2: That's harsh. Yeah, Jesus. PBs Andreas. Are two. PBs Sorry, are two, Andreas. Man. Sorry, Chris O's oh, Mr. Judgment over here. Yeah, don't don't cancel Patreon just because Christian's
3: bagging. Oh, yeah. no, he he's a good guy for running. I have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, have done amazing job with normal people, but all in all he's working too much and yeah. Trying to, uh, when you are trying to be good in comrades and stuff like that, it's hard to be good for a five and a 10K as well.
1: Is he good at comrades?
3: I don't know if he's good. I think this year was a warm year also. They They took the, the record there, but I don't know how good they are. But he is out there fighting, doing crazy races. I think he's in Las Vegas now preparing for a warm, really long distance race over in the U.S.
2: He ran oh. seven hours fifty-six at comrades this year. Is that good though? Um, well, I don't know. like, well, the Aussie guy was- ran sub around like five forty-four. Wayne Spees.
1: Forty-four. Okay.
3: Well, right. Ash Watson. I've been there several times. Today. Yeah, Ash. Ash was- has
2: run just over six hours, I think.
1: Yeah, he ran. He, I remember he came twenty-first one year. Mm. That was good. That was good from what I, He's back on again, actually.
2: Are you going to list his PVs, Christian? Yeah,
3: 1K, 16, 33, 10K, 34, 48. That 10K is like the... Every time you guys see the, the 10 for Greta, that is the race after Greta Weitz, the big mm. Norwegian oh, I was, in the I was, I and was right, wasn't I? Yeah. And the half, 77, 51, that's actually a good race. And 255 in Valencia in 2021. That was a shit one. He was better than I think he was training for 230 around or around that mark at the time. But he really hit the wall in Valencia and was just, just jogging home. So he can run a lot faster for the marathon.
1: Mm, this bloke's run 16.33, 34.48, 77.51. He was not going for 230. Come on.
3: 240. I'm sorry.
1: 240. 240. Okay. Right.
3: So a little bit faster than four-minute pace, but yeah, he had a rough day after.
1: Chris, o, when you um, rock on down to these Bislett tr- pacing sessions and the group runs, do you like? Are you just the star of the show? Does everyone ask for your autograph?
3: Oh, Norway is the man of the people. I am. A, I'm a good fellow. I'm a football guy. People day, yeah. We. I'm not. Uh, no people are asking me for autographs.
2: I'm a good fellow, he says. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm a, I'm a man of the people. Uh, um, all right, I've got Liam Ross. He's from um, South Tyneside, UK. Is that in London, Crooks? Uh Yeah. Uh, it's in England, is it?
2: Uh,
4: actually,
1: or is it I'll, Wales or I'll look it up. All right. He has PBs of 23.10 for 5K, 48.37 for 10K and one fifty-one half marathon, which was run at the 2021 Great North Run. Oh, I think that's an asterisk, Liam. Sorry, buddy. Downhill, mate.
4: That,
3: that's a bucket list run for me, that, uh, that run uh, down there in the Great North. R- looks really, really good. Like, the atmosphere of people out there, yeah. One day, I, I hope to be on the start line there.
1: Was it, like, August, right?
3: The, uh, early September.
1: Yeah, it's a few weeks earlier than September. It used to be maybe one week earlier. Remember Monarch did it, then ran Berlin for the first time?
3: Yeah, yeah, and Berlin is usually the third Sunday in September. So yeah, Mo took the world record there and and went running two away seven days later.
1: Yeah, he beat um he did he beat that day. Uh that fella from um oh what's that other African country that used to be really good. Tanzania. Tanzania, I think he beat someone from Tanzania that day. What was that bloke's name? From Tanzania that he used to have all those battles with. Mm. Shit, I forget. Um, he's uh sorry, Liam. He's a dad. Liam's a dad, he's got a couple of dogs, owns a fair bit of Ben Parks apparel. Oh, good on ya. We like Ben Parks, big fan. Follows the inside jogging Strava page. But not ours. Didn't Inside Jogging quit? Didn't they give it up? <laughs> well oh no,
3: they are still in the game.
1: <laughs> I thought they stopped. Well Clousey hit the gym. He quit. Yeah, Josh Lund, he doesn't run anymore, does he? Don't know.
3: I'm sorry to say, but he does.
1: Oh. I thought he'd given up. Aaron Scott, he keeps he used to keep that show going, but I don't know anymore. I reckon I thought they would quit. I thought that it was all over. I know they got a new fellow. It was pretty funny for a bit, but then they they stopped because no one wanted to do any work. It's up and North it's, moose that up. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's up. I think it lives up where the Great
1: North Run happens. Oh, like Newcastle or something. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. Thank you. Um, doesn't. Yeah, thanks, Liam. Good on you, mate.
2: Yeah, I've got Sam um, from Woodville Park in South Australia. I think he's the owner of Sam Williams Podiatry. Couldn't find any running results, uh, but here's a review from one of his clients. Very friendly and helpful. If it wasn't for Sam and his orthotics, I wouldn't be running marathons. It's not a, not a bad plug there.
1: Uh, this is the best podiatrist in South Australia too. <laughs> um, I've heard that actually. I'm mean, grateful. great <laughs> um, all right. All right. Just a quick question. I've got to listen to question come in for, for Christian. Christian, <laughs> the question is, do you watch Norseman? What the fuck is Norseman? What's Norseman? No idea. Do you watch Norseman? I know what it is. What is
3: it? Nor- Norseman is a triathlon competition. Full Ironman is uh, in hard condition. You are swimming 38 k out in a lake and it's a 180 kilometer bike course over a lot of hills and then you finish up with a marathon when you are finishing the marathon up on top of a mountain
1: oh so it's like an iron man triathlon but just harder
3: yeah and the course can be really brutal i have been there once in 2013 i was uh, yeah was on it myself
1: well you were you did the iron man
3: yeah yeah was two and a half hour behind the leader. I am not a you, very You did
1: leader. the Ironman. You did the whole Ironman.
3: Yeah, yeah. 1430 30 or something. And the hardest stuff that day, the weather was so brutal that the, the light took down the elevator. So we had to walk down from the, from the mountain. It was close to a two-hour walk.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, I didn't know you 20, did
3: Ironmans. I have only done that one. I was a good swimmer, you know, back in the early days. So swimming was coming easy. But you know, doing biking stuff in Norway during the winter was no chance at all. So I was a 34 minute 10k, no a 33 minute, 10k guy. That's faster awesome right. than what you are yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, same. So 10 years later I'm on the same level and I have way better shoes.
1: <laughs> did you um did you like get a tattoo? The Iron Man tattoo? Ah. No, no, no. You no. did, didn't it was, you? You, it's not like, not. you did. It
3: was one of my worst decisions ever to go there. It was ahead. I had 14, 14 hours and 30 minutes. A guy won, a big Swiss guy, amazing bike rider, he won 12-something.
1: Oh, you're not far off the win. I could see you as a triathlete, though. Let's be honest. You would be a great triathlete.
3: I will be good for the community, but I will not be good for the sport.
1: <laughs> You'd be good for the shops spending all that yeah. money you have. Um, for biking shops. Croaks, this is a good one for you because this is your man from Canberra. What's he done?
2: Yeah, so Cam Myers last week ran a two second PB to break Ryan Gregson's Australian under 20, meter record and his own under 18 record, running 336.10 in Germany. The previous under 20 record. Uh, was 337.24 and you got to remember this is the under 20 record and he only just turned 17 a couple of weeks ago Um, and also today he (laughs) announced that he signed a NIL agreement with Nike so um, that allows him to still go to college uh, if he wants to go to college Um, and at the same meet in Germany Peter Boll won the 800 metres in 145.19 so that was a little improvement on the previous week Um, and yeah, another bit of info, Michael Roger, he ran an unofficial 1500 meter world record for, um, his classification running 3:44.83 in Portland. And that's three weeks out from the world championship. So I think it's unofficial because I don't think they had like drug testing and that there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you need to tick all those boxes, but it was obviously a PB for him first time under three, uh, fast, isn't it for a marathoner? Yeah, well, he was, he was 1,500 and then he moved up to the marathon and then he's come back down and uh, largely because with the Paris stuff, they don't offer every single event mm. at um, different championships. So you have to then, um, you know, for him I don't think there was a marathon at either the, uh, the Worlds or the Olympics or something, so then he had to sort of focus back on the 1,500.
1: But he, he is a shitload better at the 1,500 than he is the marathon, let's be honest.
2: Yeah, he hasn't nailed the marathon. I think he could run faster than he has. Oh, look at this
1: time that he's running. Mm. 3.44, that's, in my book, that's the equivalent of something like a 2.14 or something like that, I reckon.
2: What do you reckon? Yeah, probably. Yeah, guess so.
1: Uh, This is like, he's got talent over the fast stuff, the 15, the 5K. I think that's where he's, I mean, I think that's where his talent lies anyway.
2: Mm western um, states moose
1: western states yeah so the world's oldest 100 mile race it's pretty it's like I don't know, what do you call it this it's is like, the. It's iconic yeah it is this is a race you want to win if you're an ultra runner it's runnable you start in squaw valley which is up like near lake tahoe and then you run back down towards the um sacramento suburbs and you finish in uh auburn the um town just out of out of sacramento so 100 miles 160k you start in the mountains you finish down on the flat snow at the start there was you run through some pretty hot valleys generally it um even though the snow at the start it gets real hot out there now the winner the most impressive performance of the day was courtney de walter she ran 15 hours 29 minutes course record by an hour 20 and this is keep in mind this is the best Ultra marathon in the world, maybe equal to ultra ultra trail Mont Blanc, perhaps. Um, Courtney de Walter, you may or may not have seen her. I've seen her a lot because I somehow follow a lot of ultra people. But she is a freak. She's the greatest of all time, lady ultra marathoner, without a doubt. She does everything phenomenally well. Uh, she does a lot longer stuff than this. I'm not sure you'd see her running like a 50k, 80k world record. But this stuff, 100 miles plus, she's she's a freak. Uh, so she she's iconic. She wears these long baggy shorts, mm-hmm. like knee-length baggy shorts. A lot of them do, though. A lot yeah, of them do wear not, different, not different, not different women, gear. women, though. Women mm-hmm. baggy shorts? I don't think so. Yeah. They wear, like, what do they call them, skorts? You know, like skirt, oh, yeah. yep. a skirt crossed with a short. And then, like, half-tights and that. Women wear a lot of that. But she's different because of this. But, yeah, she's she's a she's a maniac. Uh, Tom Evans was a UK runner. I think he's got a pretty good history in mountain running. He ran 14 hours, 40 minutes. Uh, a lot of these guys are pretty much professional. That's where that sport's got to now, ultra running. Like, these guys do it for a living.
2: He's a 63-minute half marathon guy too.
1: Yeah, legitimate athletes. You've got to be a legitimate athlete. And he's actually come the other way. So I don't think Courtney DeWalter has that pedigree at all. She's come from the, the, the trail ultra background. <coughs> Sorry. And Tom comes from the fast stuff. So he's one. In um, third place, though, was a friend of mine from Chico State. We went to school together, had classes, and we used to get teamed up, matched up in a lot of workouts together, Anthony Costales. So that was pretty cool. I was watching the end of the race, had to live stream up and watch Anthony come down and, and take third place. Uh, and fifth place was our mate Dan Jones, who was at Lake BY Marathon, New Zealander. He um, first 100 miler. He ran 15 hours, 22 minutes. Steph Austin was the first, or was the big Australian result. She came 13th in 19 hours, 58 minutes. Good work. Um, now, Chris O., you got parkrun in Norway?
3: Uh, yeah, we have. It's Do not you? that big, but uh, yeah, we have some.
1: So can you talk us through this world record?
3: Yeah, yeah, and we can talk about Andy Butchard as well. I mean, we can have a small, the show I've been going for a long time, but uh, Andy Butchard, he was fifth in the 5,000 meter at the Rio Olympics and in 2016 running, uh, and it's still his BPB, 13.08. Uh, how much faster do you give the new spikes? How much per lap?
1: Well, if you're asking me, I haven't found much benefit from them at all. Now, I,
3: Okay, so, so you think it's the same?
1: I think – um, no, I won't say it's the same. I'll say per lap over 5K, I'll give it half a second. Okay. So for a 10K, 12 and a half seconds,
3: and for a 5K, yeah, let's say 6. Yeah, let's say that. And
1: your Crocs?
2: Oh, I have got no idea. I've never never worn a pair of the new spikes. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: But well, you don't have a dragon, ah, You don't have a pair of dragonflies.
2: <laughs> well, I do, but I have I've got a brand new pair. I'm too scared to put them on.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You got to try them, though. Just like you got did, to know it. I did a few
2: str- I did a few strides in them once. That's it. I haven't I've never done a session in them. Don't know if I ever will. Oh, wow. Yeah. His ah,
3: so yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the big dogs, This Andy Butchard, yeah, been one of the best friends and training partner with Mo Farah, he's coached by the husband of Paula Radcliffe, Gary Law, I had spent one, time, one week with uh, Mo and, yeah, Gary and, and Andy in Kenya in 2020, he's, uh, he's a good fellow as well, Andy. He got a kid now with Lindsay Sharp. Uh, yeah, 800-meter girl from England. So, dad to a one-year-old boys. His PB is 7.35 and, yeah, 13.06 and he ran 27.36 in at the 10,000 meter in Mars. And he also won the, the night of 10K PB, the, the fantastic race. He won the national champs there. I think he finished third or something in the race. So, ran 27.47 and yeah, Moose, you will love this. He finished the last 200 meter with a beer in his hand as well. Where at? At the night of 10k PB. Oh, so yeah. you're running 27.47 and you finish up with a beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so
3: this is, like he, this is the man of the people in UK. I mean, and, and of course, the, the parkrun world record. 13.45, it was a good race, but that course, of course, also is really fast and I think uh, we, we will might see some other guys also just go out for a hard hard tempo session for the parkrun because Andy is getting so much mentioning for this also the parkrun community they are not out in the stands watching races on the on the track so this is like a community where a runner can get a lot of yeah a lot of fame from people that are not that interested in athletics
1: yeah i've I've often thought the same thing I've thought this is a great opportunity to build your profile by going and having a crack at those records because it gets mainstream media doesn't it yeah and, then, and
3: yeah he he posted that he will uh, it will not be a track season for him but he will load up and he will make the debut in the marathon late this year and he, he also was the main pacer for Mufara and, and Brett uh, during this year's yeah. london marathon so when you see the body of Andy, also probably like 170, 175, 175 centimeter, he's yeah, he's quite light. I think this guy can, he can be a good marathon man. The, the question is just how high is the motivation? 15 Olympic Games, six, seven years ago, stepping up now, maybe it's too late, but we have to see. Uh, hopefully, he will rock up in Valencia and try to run. 208
4: or something like
1: that. Mm, we've seen the same old story of the track runner that goes to the marathon when all when everything's done for him.
3: Yeah, but uh, I give this man a, a small chance to becoming a marathon, like a marathon man, like a second career there. All he right. Can, Ta- yeah.
1: Talk to us now. Ethiopian ten thousand world championships trial. Firstly, uh, you reckon they had drug testing here?
3: yeah I hope so but you never know and uh, the Ethiopian trials is uh, you never the the system in Ethiopia for these trials also sometimes the the best people they rock up and they win and they are allowed to race uh, in the world champ and other years they take out some other people but uh, I actually saw this race it was the the last uh, races of a meeting in Spain it was good weather down there was was not i don't think it was too warm and the woman was running first and uh, good up to the one in 29 29 and you can imagine the race the ranges that girl have she's a 159 800 girl and a 354 1500 meter girl so yeah the, the top uh, Ten thousand meter girls, they are good in all the track events, and and actually this was the sixth fastest all time. So, yeah, the guy can be a a if she wanna go for the ten k.
1: Yeah, she could. And, uh, Do you reckon she's doing this to get away from Faith Kipyegon?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, what Kipyegon did with the two world records and. Kip Yegong will also aim for the, the one-mile world record later this season in the Diamond League. So I think all girls know, I think except from Gide and Sifan Hassan, is no chance for a medal for the five. Even even for Teske, Te, 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 she's a 14-13 girl, so she's top, top class, but it's hard to to get away from Kip when when you have the world record holder for the 1,500 meter in the same race. So I think maybe Segei will go for the 10,000 meter.
1: Okay, well, let's... Yeah.
3: Uh... Taya was second, 29.57, and Halui was third in 29.59. So three girls a sub-30. So it was a good race. Segei went far away early, so it was a, a one-girl you all for a lot of the race, and in the men's race, Aregavi and Barega took it out last 200 meters. You saw that Barega didn't have the last kick left, and Aregavi really wanted this, uh, yeah, this victory. So 26.50 for Aregavi and 26.51 for Barega, and we had a 17-year-old guy running 27.08, made Dilu. I'm not too sure with the with the age and African people you never know, but uh, did he have hair was he
4: uh, Big <laughs> to
3: honest, uh, nah to be honest he was he he looked quite young, was really skinny, yeah, maybe want to watch in the future but uh, twenty seven or eight for an Ethiopian guy is not mind blowing
1: No, oh, but if he's seventeen then it is. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. If you're 17, it's good. If
1: you're 25, it's not that good. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Gold Coast. Now, we'll go to the... let start half? coming up this weekend. Yeah. So, this is generally the best half marathon of the year. Uh, let's talk about the half marathon first. So, let me pull that up. Um, you got these open? Yeah, I do. Here we go. Let's... Uh, we'll go through the top three first, ladies... Um, so, the kind of the star of the show, who they brought over is Kyra D'Amato. Everyone makes fun of me for saying Kyra D'Amato. Apparently, it's Kira. Yeah, I um,
2: wouldn't say Kira.
1: Well, I'm saying Kyra. <laughs> um, and she's run 67.55 before. We heard before that maybe she wants 66 pace. Uh, then there's a gap down to Ali Pashley, who um, she's got a lot of confidence at the moment, actually. She's right, real up and about. She's like throwing shade at people within our group, telling them that she's going to smack them up, that kind of stuff. Um, Izzy Bat Doyle has a PB of one hundred nine twenty seven. A couple of Japanese girls there, then Leanne Pompiani, who's kind of the well, she's the she's the in form athlete on the roads. So she's she's coming off Launceston with an uh, Australian soil best ten k and. Uh, she's got a bit of favourite from the Australian girls. Would you consider that, Croaks?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Just given what she ran over ten K and I don't think she lacks strength. So you combine what she's running over ten K at the moment with the strength, and I think she's um you know, should rewrite that P V, hopefully.
1: Yeah, you reckon she goes with um Kyra D'Amato? Oh,
2: uh, I don't know. It depends. Like if she's going sixty six, then no. Um but if she's going, I don't know, like 68 or something, potentially.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Chriso, thoughts here? Nah, you can see Ellie. She's a bit of the
3: same as uh, other people in this show. When she, the shape is good, the, the comments are good at Strava. The, yeah, that <laughs> confidence is better. So I believe in Ellie now. And at the same time, I know what kind of level have Ellie have been on before the, yeah, before the kid arrive and everything. So I think she's coming back and I think we, uh, the best of Ellie is, is yet to come.
1: Agree.
2: Uh,
1: all right, so...
2: All right. Well, Men's probably... Yeah, like so Brett's at the top of the list there with his Australian record of fifty nine fifty seven. 57 um, But then you've got like a Japanese guy, uh, Kajiro Mogi, 60 minutes and 33. Um, and then Jin Uasa, 62:35, 35 um, And then you've got like a bunch of Aussies like Seth O'Donnell, Andre Waring, Ryan Gregson, Adrian Potter, but it's hard to go past Brett
1: here. It is, but the depth isn't here this year. Hmm. Not, not compared to other years, I don't think. I reckon we had more 62 athletes in the past. Uh, yeah. Jack Rain is pretty good at winning this race. I'm going to pick Brett. Can't really can't really go past him can't see anyone within that field beating beating brett just
2: the well i guess it's one of the like depending on the japanese guys you know like I, I don't know much about these guys and so maybe you know if that was an old pb and they're in better shape than that like you know 60 if that guy can run 60 33 i reckon he beats brett i don't reckon brett runs faster than 60 33 on the weekend
1: yeah or it could be like benny saint with a 62 minute half <laughs> yeah he's probably not quite in that shape right now
2: um, yeah, so that's the half, um,
1: yeah, marathon, the
2: marathon. Yes. Yeah. So I guess from an Aussie point of view, um, like Liam Adams is probably the guy that's got the, the form on the board, although, you know, the last what, six months to a year probably hasn't been at his best. Um, but he's been over in Flagstaff, I believe training for this.
1: Really? Um, okay.
2: Yeah. So he'll come back. Um, and interesting. So Joe Fukuda. He ran Comrades, like, three weeks ago, finished 20th, was actually winning the race at one point. He's, he? he's backing up.
1: Yeah, for, wow, for yeah. Look, he's a bit of a crazy person. I remember Um, I follow him on Strava after one half marathon that he did here, like, at the Gold Coast. So it must have been the year that I did it, and he was getting around in some pretty funny kit. He's a bit of a different character. Yeah. And um, he's been—he's pretty weird on Strava. Some crazy things he does. Runs really slow, but a lot runs a lot, and yeah, does fifty k runs that kind of stuff. Uh, Yuki's back. Yuki's back. Yep, third fastest PB in the field. Top guy is Mogos Shume from Eritrea. Uh, then you've got like a couple of down the road here. You've got Caden Shields from New Zealand. Ed Goddard. And then Riley Cox, Matt Baxter. So, again, not a loaded Aussie field.
2: Tim Vincent making his debut. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, it doesn't mention that. Um, In the ladies, we'll talk about the Australian. Oh, well, we'll talk about the real, like, gun. Florence Kipligatz running. She's a 219.44 lady. So I'm not sure we have had a sub-220 lady run Gold Coast before. Mm. Croaks confirm? Uh, I think she was
3: the world record holder for the half marathon. I think she had two times breaking the world record in Barcelona. Uh, yeah, Renato Canova was her coach back in the
2: day. Yeah, and I think she was the like 2009 World Cross Country champ as well. Like she, She's won Berlin twice, won Chicago twice, um, but she's been out of the sport for a little while. So I doubt she's in 219 shape. Uh, and then you've got a couple of p- previous winners. So Ruth Chebetok, I think she won in 2018 and hey, wrote sir. a... Uh, yeah, she was the one that didn't want to actually be behind me. She was always sort of out in front. Oh. Um, so she won in 2018 and then Rhoda Tanui won in 2019. Uh, but their PBs have come down a little bit since they ran Gold Coast. So Ruth's run 221.03 recently and uh, Rhoda's run uh, 223.14. Um, and then you've got Eloise after that with a PB of 225.10. Um and I guess the other big thing, uh, well, big story is Jen Gregson making her debut. So, who's your um, who's your pick for first Aussie in the men's oh. and women's?
1: Uh, <laughs> first Aussie in the men's. I'm gonna pick Liam Adams. I mean, that's that's a pretty safe one, I reckon. He's got the runs on the board, hasn't he? He does, and he's if he's been in Flagstaff training, then that's pretty. Like gives me confidence that he is uh, been is going all right. Yeah. Uh, in the ladies, <sighs> Eloise Wellings has also has the runs on the board. So yes, I'm going Eloise Wellings as well. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting where the pacing happens because you you've got an early word on the pacing Krogs?
2: Uh Well, I'm told the the lead group is through seventy two through half, um, which obviously some of these girls have run faster than that, but. Often Gold Coast are just interest, interested in um, getting somebody to break the course record every year. So the course record was set last year by Lindsay Flanagan at like 224 high. Um, so going through 72 sets them up well for that. Um, yes. But that'll be confirmed on the, the Saturday afternoon. Okay. Uh, you have
3: payment mark at 40K,
2: Crooks? 40K? No, I think where payments does, stop at like…
3: for you stops?
2: 30, I think first payments halfway and then I think the last payments like thirty or thirty
1: five you know um, he's, you know he's going to thirty five Christian
2: um, <laughs> he loves money better than you. what is what is <laughs> what does Jen run on debut well,
1: I haven't been look I haven't been following her training so I can't really answer that with a lot of confidence uh I'm gonna go with like the the his history of debutant marathoners and say she runs two thirty four. That's what I think.
2: Ooh. Yeah, I reckon she'll go a bit quicker than that. Um, maybe like yeah two thirty two thirty thirty, something like
1: that. Chris, O. Oh,
3: we are talking about a 3K steeple goal. This is going to be a long, long day. I go with 35.
1: 235, yeah. Mm. Uh. Um,
2: all right, we're going to listen to questions. So we had a few questions come in, one about carb loading. Um, but if you're interested in carb loading, go back to episode 213 where there's a chat with Steph Gaskell and Alan McCubbin. Um, but the question this week comes in from Bruno, what are the common mistakes people make in taper
1: week? We'll do um we'll do one mistake each. So Christian, I reckon you're the king of mistakes, <laughs> especially when it comes close to the race. Give us your um give us your, your your tip, or no? What is your what is the mistake that you see people make in the taper? In the last week, in particular.
3: Oh, the last week. Ah. Um. I will go for the safe one. Not trusting yourself and uh, putting up a session on the Wednesday or the Tuesday that is uh, too long or too hard.
1: So you you so doing a session to uh Tuesday.
3: Tuesday or Wednesday, depend on what day you're racing.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's your Yeah. What about you, Crooks? Mm.
2: Uh, Oh, maybe not eating enough in the days leading in. Carb loading, I think it's very important. So um, because people, you know, distance runners, some of them sort of like to watch their weight and um, they struggle to get the amount of food in in that last two days. Um, Whereas I think if you, yeah, do a good carb load, it sets you up really well especially sort of after, you know, sometimes you feel a bit sluggish for the first 10K, but then you
1: sort of feel really good from there onwards. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, mine is people getting caught up in the hype of the event and and doing way too much the couple of days before in terms of sightseeing. Expos. Laying on, on, Yeah, expos, yeah. the perfect one. Spend yeah. three hours at the expo after catching public transport, walk 2K, spend two hours in the expo, not eating while you're there, not drinking properly, not resting, then come back, the sun's out, we'll go lay on the beach for a little bit or go to the pool, uh, and then they're just cooking themselves. They, they're spending all this energy that they normally normally would when they should just be in the hotel room with their legs up. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was, I was going to mention that one. Good one.
1: Well, we're on the same page. A couple of wise old heads here.
2: <laughs> all right, moose on the loose.
1: Yeah, well... Just quickly, this isn't going to be my moose on the loose. We'll talk about – have got to save that for next week. But i got a question for Christian. Um, one of the days during the week, Christian, did you know that it was National Olympic Day?
3: Nah, of course. I, I have Instagram, so,
1: yeah, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you do have it in Norway too? Is Is it an International Olympic Day or just a National Olympic Day?
3: I guess it's international. I
1: think it's, I think it's international, Moose. It was international. Okay. So just need to know. And the Norwegians were all putting posts up, were they? None of the big dogs. This is that
3: people barely make it to the fucking Olympic Games. <laughs> Oi, They easy. have the tattoo and they are, they are partying for te- the next 10 years. They're going to tell everybody, yeah, I was
1: there, blah, blah, blah. Chris, I be careful, mate. <laughs> Moose, Moose
2: is going to start an international world championship day.
1: It's, it's every day is that down here though we know that every day is world championship day especially in our house um no that's not it though but good to know for next week um what's got me lately is this focus and social media is the is the culprit really well it's not the culprit it's the vehicle for culprits to commit these felonies and and the felony is focusing on the 1% shit that doesn't matter 80% of the time. It's like someone always trying to sell some secret or some stretch or strengthening exercise or running drill or workout or race or location or product. It's just all bullshit. And all I keep seeing pop- popping up is 1% stuff. Oh, I'll take this fucking magnesium supplement and you're going to sleep better and that's going to be the key to better performance and or you can do this particular workout on the track and it's magic for improving your speed or perhaps you should do yoga beforehand and it really releases your hips so you're going to have better range or or maybe you do hill sprints after your run so you you're getting this sort of neuromuscular adaption it's just all shit it's not it's not shit It's just shit we shouldn't talk about. We should talk about and we should popularise the person that goes out and runs for 70 minutes in the morning and they don't talk about it, they don't need to post about it, they're out there, they're boring, they hate it. They fucking hate that 70 minutes. And do you know what else they hate? They hate the 30 minutes that night where they run in the dark with their headlamp on when it's raining. And they're not wearing special clothes for it. And they're not taking a magic supplement afterwards that's going to help them recover. And they're not putting fucking sleep patches over their eyes where they get magic sleep. Or they're not taking special microwave meals that help their nutrition. They're just putting in, as Christian says it, good, honest work. And that's what gets people fit and better at running. And no one talks about it. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we popularizing that person?
2: Another way of putting it most is if you look at your Strava and you see lots of consistent big volume skyscrapers, that's the key to running well. Like yeah. I look I look at, for me and it's like if I'm running good long runs, you know, good midweek long runs, getting through my sessions and I'm, you know, rolling 150 to 160K a week and I'm doing that consistently, like I, yeah, forget all the other 1% as like I know I'm going to be fit and running well.
1: It's insane. People try to justify their jobs, like, as a coach because they go, oh, someone's paying me. I've got to make this program special. I've got to put the special sauce on it. Sprinkle some of this, add some of that, mix it up. No, no, no. You've got to get that person running consistently, like you said. The well, Christian's baths.
2: even – but he even said it at the start of the show. It's like, well, he basically hasn't been doing the work. And, you know, his shape is the consequence of that. So once he actually puts in the work, the shape improves.
3: Yeah, and go on YouTube and look up the interview. Citrus Mag made with Yak, the coach and the father of the boys. It's 10 minutes. Yak is not the best coach in the world, but I can tell you he's one hell of a guy that can say to you, you do this and nothing more and only this, and I can show you the results.
1: If it's that simple, Christian, why do you need a coach
0: for?
3: I think you need a coach sometimes to for professional top level people. You need sometimes you need a coach to not get carried away, not doing too much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need a coach for the period when you are moving from winter training to summer training. Because mm-hmm. the first sessions and the first races usually are bad. And then people think, No, not in a good shape. We need to do more. We need to add speed work, blah, blah, blah. But all in all it just takes
2: Two, three races, and people are in peak shape. Okay, good. All right. Are we bringing Brady in for this? I think he wants to plug the live
1: show. Oh, mate, is, wants to is, plug his little. Is, is, his little it, <laughs> it,
2: isn't he obsessed? He's obsessed with getting on to plug the live show. Called
1: yeah, he's Cat- got a he's got a sponsor now, mate. You got to keep sponsors happy. Well, I'll try and add him. See what he see if he picks up. So, Chris, you um engaged yet, or what?
3: Ah, no, no, nope, no, yeah.
1: Coming soon.
3: Have to be careful with what you say here on your show. You have two hundred thousand Norwegian people listening.
1: <laughs> your girlfriend <laughs> listen?
3: Oh, she's not into running, but she likes people like you. Straight up honest people.
1: Good looking men. Here he is, Moose. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: his time to shine.
0: Couldn't have thought of a better segue when we're talking about good looking men, Moose. <laughs> I mean, you know the perfect one then.
1: Well, Lulu does Lulu do not
0: sponsor ugly
1: bastards, do they? Very Uh-oh. true.
2: I want to see true. what you. I want to see what you say, Brady, that we couldn't have said
0: about the live event. This, yeah, this Sunday <laughs> afternoon, oh, I was talking <laughs> to him today. Three hundred and ten seats sold so far. Those it's not sold; they're free. So I've got three hundred and ten people coming. I'm a bit nervous about that too. That's going to be a big show. Uh, it's
2: like a school assembly.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that, croaks. These are like diehard runners. Could be a bit more judgmental than year 10s that you kind of stand in front of at mate,
1: school. You've, mate, you've had years of com public speaking gigs. Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> but off the back of a marathon race, I'll be a bit tired from the morning, so I'm hoping you guys, I don't have to carry us like I usually do in these live shows, but ticket spots still available. It's a big venue, so we're hoping to fit a few more in than 310. But massive thank you to the people who have... Uh, Nailed a ticket down so far. What else do I have to tell you? What's that? 1.30 p.m. Link in our bio. Also Connect on our Facebook celebrate. page. Connect, Connect and celebrate. And celebrate after that. Yeah, that's three to six, Moose. Looking forward to that. Food, drinks, live music, all thanks to Lululemon. Um, up in the clubhouse on the rooftop at QT. I've got another bit of news here as well, fellas. Just off our uh, road to Gold Coast with Zach, and he was doing the production for me, for uh, Timmy Vincent and Ed Goddard. And he came up with this concept, which I quite liked. So over the weekend, we're going to be running a competition. And the competition involves who can get the best selfie with moose over the weekend. So it's a selfie in the (laughs) wild. It's going to be who can catch moose in the wild. Uh, Thanks to our friends at the running company, Geelong, they're going to be providing gift vouchers. uh, So he thinks there's going to be between 800 and 1,000 photos we're going to get. Yeah. Must tag inside of uh, our podcast on the story. And, yeah, be creative with it. Like maybe ask Big Moose for a piggyback, maybe something like that, because when we get this many photos coming in, you're never sure uh, what's going to win the competition there. So that was a quick uh, bit of news from Zaka. Other bit, bit of news, Croaks. I know Lululemon have um, got you decked out in a bit of kit, so I'm looking forward to seeing that.
2: I'm, I'm very excited.
0: Do you know what you got yet? Do you know what's coming for you?
2: Uh, well, I put in an order, yeah.
0: Yeah, I heard it's going to be some good stuff. Looking forward to just not seeing him in a fox hoodie and a monster energy hat, Moose. That's my uh, my big thing. Have you used that gag yet?
1: No, we didn't really get to the Lulu stuff yet, mate. We're I waiting thought... for you. we're waiting Still... to buzz you in. You know you we know it's your, your baby. It's your
0: baby, mate. I thought you might have hit him with that early in the show. <laughs> um, and the other thing, boys, if you want to come here for a shakeout, we'll be 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. on the uh, Friday, 30th of June, starting at 7.30 30. From the QT. I'll see you two boys there, I reckon. What time do you get in, Croaks?
2: Oh, you don't get in until, like, Friday lunchtime.
0: Oh, you'll miss it. Moose, what time are you getting in? Oh, mate, I haven't even looked. I'll Moose even be, um, yeah, will be making
2: miniature, miniature shoes with Mr. Kayano.
0: When someone else books your fights, you don't even know when you're flying in, <laughs> hey, Croaks. must be very nice. <laughs> I, Christian, what time do you get there?
3: I'm still in Valencia. I remember the Friday run. <laughs> you have never been a more popular man than that day.
0: Oh, the Norwegians know how to do a shakeout run. That was a good. Remember they all had their super shoes on? I don't think we'll have any super yeah. shoes on this shakeout. We, we,
3: we don't have normal shoes in Norway anymore, all super
0: shoes. Yeah, too much money. Everyone can go for the a money. run in 300 exactly. pair of shoes. So they would be good, fellas. But, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me come in. I was a bit nervous, like, waiting for my phone to ring. This is what our guests must feel, like, every time we say just to just to call you up. Has it been a good show?
2: We'll, we'll run an hour on whether we actually <laughs> call I you actually or not. Thought,
0: I'm like, you guys are just bowed on this. You're not going to call me. <laughs> Um, it been yeah. a good show. Crokes, you going deep?
2: No, nah, I'm cook as a dog. Oh, I, you see. I, I, I did good, though. mate. I've
0: been, I've been pretty good. <laughs>
1: good. I had some <laughs> funny <laughs> jokes. Had yeah, some I'm looking funny forward jokes. to listening.
2: Christian's Moose, um, Moose put a lot of effort into uh, the intros.
0: Well, he did that with Ali the other week, didn't mm. he? But yeah. I didn't really. I've introduction well, go so long.
1: Yeah, it was probably longer tonight.
0: I give it's Chris been a long a show, Brady. We're at two hours and five minutes.
1: Yeah, can you fuck
0: off, mate? There's much stuff i got to cut that Christian said. No, it's all. It's all clean. Spotify. It's all clean. That's good. Have we finished finished recording? We're done. I'm saying goodbye. I'll just hang up now, I reckon. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the 7 million downloads during the week as well, boys. That was a good milestone. you talked about that yet? No. Anyway, (laughs) we haven't talked about much in the last two hours and five minutes.
2: Don't pump pump up our old
0: tyres. Yeah, true. I thought I had to do that. That was just a bit of a chat with (laughs) them. All right, boys. See you later on the Gold Coast. See you, Christian. Good to hear your voice, brother.
2: Uh, All right, Moose. I reckon we're done.
1: Yeah, what well, was that little whirlwind?
2: Because um, what's coming up is pretty much Gold Coast. There's not no diamond leagues this week. Um,
1: yeah, is yeah, Chris. It is. Chris Friday.
3: Friday.
2: Is it a Friday? Yeah,
3: hey, Lausanne in Switzerland. Oh, all right.
2: One. Well, there you go, Lausanne Friday. Good.
4: Mm.
1: All, right. all right. Well, yeah, we're off. We um, done. Say Thanks, goodbye. Christian. Thank you for Chris. Thanks to Christian. Yeah, sorry for interrupting your your little. Greek getaway, mate.
3: Yeah, but I also have to say, I mean, the road to Valencia or the pickup once a month is a good show, but something has to be with you two guys.
1: What do you mean something has to be with us?
3: No, something else. This is a big step up.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. You mean with Ed Goddard a bit too much. You and Eddie get on well,
3: well. With me, Toby, I'm ready also. Oh, and, that one, yeah. uh, the level of this one is,
1: uh, yeah, this is Champions League level. <laughs> I reckon Toby was pissed the last episode. I was listening to him thinking he'd had a few too many beers. <laughs> what do you reckon? I reckon he was.
3: you
2: I,
0: exactly,
2: I knew exactly what you would have been thinking, though, when he'd pretty much written off his whole year because he'd had, <laughs> he missed a week of training. One week, cancel <laughs> the Berlin <laughs> trip,
1: get your money back.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> The Sydney Marathon presented by ASICS is Australia's marathon. Join us at the start line this year for an event you'll never forget. Register now at sydneymarathon.com.